Lewis, how are you feeling in light of the current allegations about lying and deceit? Well, obviously this is a very difficult time. Uh, so, so hard for me to um, really say how, how sorry I am. And you know, I... Uh, well, Lewis, can I just stop you there? Uh, your pants are actually on fire. Oh. Uh, Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, or as I prefer to think of it, three deaf lads talking nonsense about cars for about half an hour interrupted by a couple of daft sketches and then a ridiculously long tune about cars at the end sung very badly in the style of someone else. Hello, I'm Gareth Jones and these two are Richard and Zog. Say hello Richard and Zog. Hello. Hello. Richard, hello, mate. I haven't seen you since hello. the season started. How <laughs> are you? Yeah. Oh, handshake and everything. Yeah, nice to see you, man. Handshake. Did you enjoy the two races? Yes, that, I did. Got the season, yeah. the F1 season going? Sorry, I wasn't here. But it's a bit of give and take, isn't it? Because we waffled on for two shows about Geneva. <laughs> My God, that went on. And then, and that conversation <laughs> is still going on it somewhere. Great. It was quite nice to be able to uh, have a little thing pop up on my iTunes that's saying there's a new show available and mercifully I wasn't in it. So I could sort of <laughs> listen to it without going, oh no, I wish I'd shut up sometimes. But it's nice to have the sort of surprise because you know, it was great to hear your Geneva stuff. Just one thing I would have added because you mentioned the Zeppelin stuff. Yes. Uh, if I'd been there, there would have been just one thing I would have added there. Just the, my favourite Zeppelin-related car fact is there's a little bit of Zeppelin in, in quite a lot of cars as not many people realise. How and why, Zog? Well, what, I t- really? I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, you're familiar, of course, with the ZF component, ZF gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Well, ZF, the company, was set up by Zeppelin, I believe. It's the, the, the no. roots of ZF go right back okay. to the original Zeppelin company, and ZF was a spin-off of the original Zeppelin. Brilliant. Company. So there you go. Crikey. Although, actually, I suppose I could be wrong. I think that Maybach Zeppelin will use... Uh, Maybachs inexplicably still use a five-speed automatic gearbox when sort of on a C-Class you can have a seven-speed. It's quite outdated, and I think it's Merck's own gearbox. Ironically, one of the few luxury cars that doesn't use a ZF yeah, gearbox. They, Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk so it? that is a top hey, fact. Hey, I'm glad We're up like and it. running. I've, I've never heard that. That's and lovely. Not much I can, uh, it's not often I get to come up with something that Richard Porter doesn't no, know about production cars. That is, that's, that is um, great. And talking of facts, the facts are we have got the most unpredictable F1 season I can remember, uh, seriously, I can't remember the last time we started off a season with two races won by a team who were almost completely the back of the grid team last year, weren't they? Mm. Honda have mutated rather beautifully. They have emerged from their Honda chrysalis to become the butterfly that is brawn. They are the transformers of F1. They they are (laughs) Optimus Button. And but pal. Because what is interesting is that, you know, the F1 season often starts in a slightly shaken up way. That's true. You yeah. get some people coming through from the back. Yeah. But very, very quickly it shakes down into what you think of as kind of the natural order and that particularly mm. McLaren and Ferrari will always yeah, yeah. move to the front. Yeah. And mm. I know we're only two races in, but you can't see them doing that anytime soon. McLaren yeah. horribly destabilised by A, having essentially quite a shonky car so far, and B, by all this stuff that's oh. going on off the track, we're going to talk about it in a bit. But oh, yeah. So they're on the back foot. Ferrari, I mean, 
the class the plot, seems they've... okay, but the tactical decisions, which used to be one of their great strengths, are all over mm. the shop. And did and... you see that today, Michael Schumacher that was deflecting, or rather, Willy Weber was deflecting some blame from Schumacher, saying that he was responsible for the decision that made Massa's qualifying laps a disaster, and the decision to put Kimi on super wets at a yeah, point yeah. where no one else was. Ooh, you can just tell that there's a bit of internecine nastiness happening. This always happens with Ferrari. No, it, when it goes wrong, it's like, oh, Ferrari disaster, crisis at Ferrari. Mm. And it's starting to fall apart a bit for yeah, them. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's one of the things that, um, that, that in, their, in their most successful years, they had, they were like a tight unit. They had Braun and Schumacher leading that. And, and the, there, was, hmm. there was no dissent. There was nothing falling apart. Yes, you're going I'm a Detecting a pattern one here. One of the names that I've just yeah. said yeah. seems to be involved in a team that's doing rather well. But also, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the interesting things like that also upset the natural order and the way that you think shake, things shake down is like Toyota, at last, uh, doing yeah. quite well. I mean, starting from the pit lane oh, in Australia. No. And then... Who'd have thought Prius technology could be doing so well, <laughs> honestly? <laughs> Max must be so happy with the way things have worked out because mm. largely as a result of... The way the rules have changed, the normal order of things has been shaken up, and the smart guys, the people who have designed the good cars and come up with the good solutions, are doing well. And nobody's been able to spend their way to a fast car, mm-hmm. but equally, Toyota, who've had a rotten few years and who, at the end of last year, everybody was talking about being one of the teams that might drop out after Honda. You know, yeah. Another it. manufacturer who might drop out. They're doing really well, and a lot of people are going to be breathing a sigh of relief about that. Well, so- this, this is something I was saying to Zog the other day, that far be it for me to defend Max Mosley, but I think I'm going to now, in one sentence. This rule shake-up, led by the technical working group, has not only sort of shaken the field up, but shaken it up in such a way that you've got Leviathans like Toyota actually doing well, and your minnows, Braun and Williams. So you've got the manufacturers and the independent teams able to compete on equal terms. He's done it. That flaming Max Mosley, he's done it. Well, I tell you, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a convert <laughs> to, to Kurz, I think. Uh, Are you? Yeah, I'm not convinced that necessarily it is a great bit of greening of F1. But I think what it has done is that it's introduced a great element to the racecraft. And you're seeing some drivers using it as a tool to help them overtake. Other drivers who have basically got slightly slower cars than the guys behind them using it to hold their position. And as a result of the fact that they don't always know whether the guy in front has got a bit more curves to come or not, it it is improving the racing. I suppose so. You're looking unconvinced. I mean, you're... Well, yeah. I, I, what I like about it, actually, is the randomness it's introduced because, of course, you've got this thing, well, yeah, it gives them that extra shot of power. And it seems most beneficial to the people who've got cars that aren't necessarily the best sorted because then you look at, well, the Braun being a case in point. Yeah, no curves, quickest car a fundamentally there. sorted car mm. doesn't need to rely on it. And I, I'd be interesting, actually, when we see them when they're stuck in the pack rather than, as, as mostly happened, they're out... Uh, the front, well, certainly Button's car has been out the front, and you know, hasn't what really would it be like following? So yeah. But isn't it good when, when you're you... in the middle of a pack? You but, need to punch your way out of it. But isn't it good for the sport when you have different teams coming up with different oh, solutions? Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. as a result of oh, this, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah. You know, we, we don't have everybody doing the same thing. Yes, 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 uh, can I proffer though that we're attributing a lot of the passing and stuff 
two curs. It's only a small part, really, of what is improving the overtaking and racing season, but it is an important part. An equally important part, in my opinion, is this adjustable front wing. Presumably, mm. we were talking about this, they've got a servo in the front wing now, a little yeah. Futaba servo, a little joystick yeah. on, your, on your stick, which allows you to flap it around, which has enabled the cars, with the combination of this new, taller, narrower, less effective rear wing and mm. less effective front wing, the cars to follow each other so they can get close, and then when you ping out from the disturbed air you get your front nose wing trim changed one way or the other and you can do something about it so the technical working group package is working whether it occurs whether it's tired in malaysia before the rain there were points when it was like a touring car race the tv director must have been all fingers and thumbs yelling at his vision mixer and trying to just decide which little tussle they were going to focus on next it was amazing yeah i was talking about this with a mate on monday i said oh yeah you see i know and hamels had that thing and he went yeah and alonso had a thing and and i'm like yeah but you see this and he went i can't remember that there was too much going on i couldn't concentrate probably that's right yeah we got hugely confused but at the time it was yes exactly and half the race half the points but here's the thing i remember max saying a few years ago that too much overtaking would spoil Formula One. That if you've got a glut of all this action on the track, it stops it from being special and difficult. And yet they allow these raft of well, changes to go through. And now look what we've got. All yes, that. You have it's to remember, it's, and you right. can, of course, always cut this bit out, is that Max Mosley is quite mad. <laughs> and he does sometimes say things that are basically bollocks. <laughs> well, they, uh, and he does also contradict himself. You know, give him yes. another six months, not the end of the year, he'll say the exact opposite of yes. what it was that he said. Yes. You definitely cut this bit out, but give it a year, he'll be being spanked by communists. <laughs> Good morning, Martin. Good morning, Ron. I have a plan, Martin. A plan, Ron? That's right, a plan to make the FIA like us. Starting with our colour scheme. No more silver for us. From now on, our cars will be painted this colour. That's red, Ron. No, Martin. It's very light purple. Secondly, our name. I'm going to rename the team McLarari. Are you sure, Ron? Yes, Martin. And from now on, Martin, I think we should react to any allocations of bending the rules by waving our arms around a lot and being all hysterical and making such a big pompous fuss that the FIA just goes away. I think, Ron, that in a quite sensible way you have actually gone mental. I have a sudden desire to kiss Max Mosey's lovely arse. Go back to your road cars, Ron. Jared Jones and Speed! Featuring Sniff Petrol! Whilst Zog, Richard and I are very pleased to see a British driver leading the championship, winning two races, I think we're equally disheartened at the tragedy that is Lewis's season so far. It's heartbreaking. First of all, heartbreaking news that he's got a car which is no quicker than an Onyx or a Minardi from 1992 <laughs> a or something. House. A late in the house. At least that was designed by Adrian Newey and some hope. It, it really was. enjoying naming retro and slightly rubbish F1 <laughs> Come on, what else can we come up with while we're on it here? Um, uh, um, uh, Andrea Moda. Oh! oh lovely. Uh, so wins. <laughs> yeah, that's Top it. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Any footwork. Oh, yeah, footwork. <laughs> Any footwork. So, I'm just going to mention Taco Inui. Because he liked to <laughs> That's mention. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Watch out, he comes a safety car. So poor old Lewis starts off with this hopeless 
car, well, I'm not hopeless, but a car which... Pretty hopeless. It's, yeah. it's not the championship winning car he's had for the last season two, really, is it? And then he is caught into, now, Lewis, we want you to go in here and fib your face off scenario. And he's caught out. This is the, the situation now, as we understand it. He was running behind Trulli in the Australian Grand Prix. Trulli went off onto the gravel. Lewis consequently overtook him and got on the radio and said, what do we do? What do we do? Should I let him through? He said, yes. And he'd already done it by that point. So he'd let Trulli through again. And then when they were calling to a steward's inquiry later on, having got fourth place awarded third, it is alleged that Lewis... No, actually, he did say this. We can say this. Lewis said, no, no, I was not told to let him through. He just overtook me. And so... Trulli was stuffed with a penalty. Uh, Lewis gets awarded third. And then it's discovered that on the radio, it was very clear that Lewis was instructed to allow Trulli past. And so he fibbed. And so he's stripped of any points from that round of the championship. And McLaren are called to appear at the World Motorsport Council. Oh, that's really going to see the headmaster, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah. Have you heard the charges? That's, that's going well, bringing the sport in disrepute, well. isn't it? It's like, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing I don't is get it about it, the first me? thing to... Well, well, this, is, this is wildly out of proportion to what was, I suppose, a stop-go penalty or something. Or maybe an inquiry afterwards where you've been knocked down the grid for the next race, and suddenly it seems to have spiraled out of control. It has, but I think, I mean, it seems to me that it was obviously colossally stupid by whoever it was at McLaren made the conscious decision to mislead the stewards in any way. And yeah, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't lie to the guys that are responsible for safe and proper running of the race. But, yeah, so as far Why as. Why not? Never stop Flavio Briatore or Tom Walkinshaw, did it? Oh, well, <laughs> well that scene with the red cars, I can't remember their name. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, well, that, that's, that's a whole other, yeah. That's a fair point, but I mean, as far, as far as Lewis goes, if you're a driver, particularly if you're working with people who've got you know decades of experience in the sport, you basically do what they you sort of take, you follow their lead. Yeah. Um, mm. um, I don't know the detail of what went on in that little sort of hearing, but I can well believe that he did. He kind of deferred to the senior guy's advice on what to say. Maybe a little bit dumb of him. Nothing like as dumb as it was of somebody to sort of to decide to mislead them about it. it seems to me that Lewis is genuinely upset and regretful about anything that you know he did in respect mm. to that he didn't do anything wrong on track he was understandably incredibly wary of doing anything wrong yeah. in terms yeah, of yeah. you know positions on track and so if they were a little bit careful about not sort of gaining a position and maybe letting truly back through and they shouldn't have done yeah I can understand that yeah I mean it's, so, if you're talking in terms of massive crimes it's like it's this is a worst manslaughter <laughs> we've seen an awful lot murder, you know well, well, listen to this we've, we've seen it wasn't premeditated yes we have but it's not premeditated evil I think it was just a an unfortunate slip-up. And I also don't understand why that part of this sort of allegations of them misleading them, the, the FIA said, oh, you didn't proffer the radio pit the car recording. It's now, in the public domain, open, isn't it? Everyone yes, it's hears an that. open transmission, the yeah. FIA can hear it. And yeah. then they're saying you didn't present it to us in effectively your trial. It is like being tried for manslaughter and going, well, you know, did you possibly lead to the death of this person? And, and you're expected to go, well, yes, look, here's this bloodied glove and here's, here's this note that I wrote going, oops, probably shouldn't have said go down the cliff path here, knowing that it may have been a bit unstable. You know, what, they're supposed to incriminate themselves. Listen it's to the, the FIA's charges. job to investigate properly and they were negligent in not doing that. It says here... The the FIA claims that McLaren may have broken the regulations on five counts that on March 29, 2009, told the stewards of the Australian Grand Prix that no instructions were given to Hamilton in car number one to allow Trulli in car number nine to pass when both cars were behind the safety car. Knowing this statement, 
to be untrue. Procured its driver Hamilton, the current world champion, to support and confirm this untrue statement to the stewards. Although knowing that as a direct result of its untrue statement to the stewards, another driver and a rival team had been unfairly penalised, made no attempt to rectify the situation either by contacting the FIA or otherwise. On 2nd April 2009, as the second hearing before the stewards of the Australian Grand Prix made no attempt to correct the untrue statement of 29th March, but on the contrary, continued to maintain that the statement was true, despite being allowed to listen to a recording of the team instructing Hamilton to literally pass, and despite being given more than one opportunity to correct its false statement. And finally, on 2nd April 2009, at the second stewards hearing, procured its driver Hamilton to continue to assert the truth of the false statement given to the stewards on 29th March whilst knowing that what he was saying to the stewards was not true. I just, I just went over there, while you were reading that, I just yeah. went over there and I borrowed Violet's marker pen and I've yeah. written something on a piece of paper. Yeah. Don't read it out. I'm just going to hold it up to you. Yeah. And it's why they won't get a fair trial. We can't trial. read this out. Why right? Lewis won't yeah. get a fair trial. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's probably <laughs> why <laughs> Lewis won't get Email a fair trial. Email in if you want to know what I wrote on that bit of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like him, do they? They, they don't, don't like McLaren. They really don't like McLaren. Whatever the politics behind the scenes are, McLaren are not given any kind of wriggle room that maybe other teams might be given from time to time. Rules are there to be hmm. stuck to and enforced, but you also have to be sensible in the way you enforce them. Lewis, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, can I start by asking how you feel about what must have been a very difficult start to the season? Well, yeah, obviously uh, things haven't been going the way maybe we'd like, but the guys are working really hard on the car. And you know, it's early days. I like cider. Right. Um, you must be very disappointed, though, with the way the car's performing. Yes, yeah, not ideal, but... You know, everyone in the team is really focused on making things better. Who are I love as a combine harvester, I does. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, why, why, why are you talking like that? Like what? All right, boy, let's go scrumping. Like that. Exactly that, you see? You're doing this weird West Country thing. Sorry, I know what you mean. Who are I do fancy my sister, I do, etc, etc. No, just stop it. Stop that right now. You're just trying to become popular again with the British public by pretending to be from Somerset. I don't know what you're talking about, my boy. The Wurzels, Jethro, massive interbreeding, so um. Look, if you want to be Jensen, you just need to become surprisingly good again. Oh, bloody Tonys. And another thing, can you please ask your dad to stop trying to sell me pegs? I used to worry about F1, you know. I did. I, I, I used to genuinely worry that it was doomed. And I thought, oh, no, it's saved, you know, with Braun and all that coming to save us. The sport is back as a sport. Mm. But there have probably been more legal palaver things in these first two races of the season than there was in the entire last season, yeah, including yeah. Spygate or whatever, you know. Oh. Well, it is a shame that, you know, that, that a couple of fantastic drives from Hamilton has been a bit overshadowed by the off-track stuff, of yes, which I mean, let's say no more. Let's yeah. not forget in Australia that he hauled yeah, what was clearly not a very good car. 
yeah. right of the field. And yeah. I think it's always the mark of true yeah. class. It's the kind of yeah. thing that, that Schumacher would have done, that Senna would have yeah. done, Absolutely. Uh, that Prost would have done. You know, so Faster Alonso than the actually car. is someone who, who can yeah. make, a real, can make a real difference. The drive a a dog yeah. through the field and 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 drive it beyond what it should be capable of. And and I, I think that's where. And I don't want to to, to, to run him down, although we have plenty much in the past. But <laughs> but you forget that Jensen Button's actually quite good when he's given a good car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He can do it. But I, I think you've got the sort of the, the supremely talented, and then you've got the sort of almost godlike genius drivers, and and I, I think he is supremely talented. I'm mm -hmm. not sure he's got that godlike genius. I do think Lewis Hamilton has. A, he's yeah. a class act, and he will haul a car through the field. And he did. He can Australia. get the best out of a good car. Yeah. That much is certain because he's so darn smooth. If he's got something yes. that works yeah, yeah. well, there's very little resistance between him yeah. and the line. Well, as yeah, it so were. I, back in the day, I was uh, towards Prost rather than Senna because I quite admired the Me too. professorial approach and his yeah. incredibly smooth Sir Jackie Stewart yeah. style. And, and I've got an egg on my bonnet. I'm going to yes, try exactly. and win the race <laughs> without the egg falling <laughs> off into the paddock in any way. That's what he said, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, that's my tea. <laughs> that's a scotch egg. It's in a load of ham, and I'll be eating it later that's on. Basically disgusting. Um, is it just me? Doesn't like scotch eggs? I don't know. Um, so uh, yes, uh, what was I saying? Oh yes, uh, about uh, let's not run down uh, Hamilton's achievement in Australia, yeah. which has been overshadowed by this unfortunate nonsense that's going on since. And also, actually, uh, Yano Trulli and the Toyota as well, yeah. starting from the pit lane. Yeah. And got up to such a position I mean damn it if he hadn't got up to such a position there wouldn't have been this whole political thing that's going on now but if they both did amazing drives and they've been overshadowed by the politics whoever lost out it was a shame may I draw your attention to my closing words in the show we recorded after the first race of the season where I said almost exactly that that Toyota are the real dark horses and I think it could be their blooming season really because to finish where they did from starting from the pit lane that's a great car yeah. they're never going to catch up to the brawl in the world are they they're going to well, no, I don't think so well. they've got the technology so. to do simulations we can't do testing so they could develop their car on brawn now here's the thing brawn oh, I'm getting ahead of myself next year brawn they're going to have to put Curse on the car at some point during this season, so at least they understand it for their application next season when it's compulsory. Mm -hmm. You have to have it next year. But will they just be able to get the McLaren Mercedes curse at that point? Will, will, will they extend the kind of deal that they've got with McLaren, uh, with McLaren at the moment? Mercedes, uh, sorry, Mercedes, Mercedes McLaren. Yeah. yeah, or will they have to develop their own system? You know, w would McLaren say, "Hang on, actually, you've kind of beaten us by a little bit too much of a margin this year. We don't want to give you our curse, which is actually pretty good." Yes. Mm. Oh, I, I haven't told you a little bit of gossip that I heard. Oh, uh, come on, come, come, come closer. Well, come this, on, is, this is a terrible bloke down the pub thing because uh, it's, it's a friend of mine whose brother worked for Honda F1 as an engine engineer. And I've gone all kind of quite. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's great. You know other people can. We've all love on Gareth Jones on speed. Actually, can I just say the three of us have moved we really about have a foot closer <laughs> to the microphone. <laughs> oh, if we come closer, no one else will hear. Hang on, oh. Violet. Violet, you're not listening to yeah, this, are you? Plug right. your ears and all the the. Uh, how many thousand people listen to this now? It's quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, yeah, okay. We get about 800 downloads a day. Uh, so what's that over an episode? Uh, 11 million. days. It's a million. It's it's 12 billion. I'm not very good at maths. So, uh, yes, he uh, was working. He's just been made redundant because they don't need an engine division to the same degree they did because they're buying yep. in the engine. Hmm. Yeah. But they were working on a new season's engine in the same way they're working on new season's chassis. And he reckoned that on the dyno the figures they've got the new Honda engine which is now in a skip somewhere 
was actually turning out a little bit more power than the Merck engine they've got in there. Wow. I mean, he might just say that because he doesn't, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a gusset, yeah, yeah. it's all been thrown away. But, yeah, but they wouldn't have been allowed you know, to use it because of the engine freeze, though, you see. Mm. It might have been five years down the line. They wouldn't be able to use it now. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But, yeah, they were working on stuff that was, oh. apparently. So, you reckon. Anyway, mm. I don't know. Um, idle tittle-tattle. Yeah, I love but it. The, yeah, but, but was the curse that they had with that engine, did he reckon that, that uh, was up to I scratch? Don't was... I don't know. I don't know. I'll go back and ask. Hey, Watch yeah, this space. There you go. Just looking at the three of us here, right, I'm... Average height, I'm, you know, five foot ten and three quarters. Right? That's not average height. I'd say average height is more like, oh, I don't know, what, five foot eight, maybe. That, that's no, you, is not. it? <laughs> <laughs> You'd say it was, what, six foot no, no, and I, a half an inch? Well, of course I'm not. I'm, good. I'm always going to play it down a little bit because I like being above average height. <laughs> <laughs> but we, between us, we're not unlike the strange angle of height difference that you get with, what's his name, Jake Humphreys, Jake the Humphrey, BBC yeah, presenter. Jake, he's a friendly one. He's, he's, uh, a, he's a very lovely man. And, and David oh, Coulthard, who's quite tall. And then little Eddie Jordan. I never noticed him as little before. <laughs> it's a camera framing nightmare. Yeah. We were talking about this before we came out. Then Jake will have to go, and we've got a special guest for this race, and it's Anthony Davidson. And the cameraman will just go, oh, God, give it up and go home. Oh, I'm going to have to loosen off that, that screw on the tripod <laughs> that allows him to tilt as well as pan. And celebrity comedian Ronnie Corbett's <laughs> joining us as well. <laughs> Viewers in widescreen will not see this, just the top of his head. No, it is. I it's an autospot. They describe Jake as. as being um, unnaturally tall and it's like he's not well I don't think he is he's a, I think he's a wee bit taller than me but he's, he's, he's about he's six foot he's small compared head. to a lot of F1 drivers he's well he's no it's because they're having to shoot low they, they, they start from a low point they've got Frankie de Tori on, on, on the handheld camera so that it frames up nicely on Jordan and Coulthard and then and poor old Jake looks like this loaming giant there he's very small Lo- loaming 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 mixing soil alluvial giant no I'm still talking about soil. Two people have mentioned to me recently that the relationship on screen between the two BBC F1 pundits, Eddie Jordan and David Coulthard, the chemistry isn't what it should be. They're a bit cold. It's, do you know of... Come on, you Wait, know Jake Humphries. The is there anything race, in this? I, thought, yeah, I, thought uh, I don't know because Jake's been away. I was talking to him on email this week and I um, just asked him... Well, actually, I just sent him an email to say, well done for filling for England <laughs> when, when it rained in, yeah, yeah. in, in well. Malaysia. I don't know. I'll find out. I'm, I'm, I'm spo- Sorry, it sounds like a terrible name drop now. I was going to say I'm supposed but to be you know him. That's I do cool. know. I'll tell you why I know him. It's actually because my girlfriend's very good friends with his wife. So uh, I know him through that. But he's a nice man. I'll try and get some behind the scenes. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I, I did think at the last race, I, I can't say it struck me first time around, but Malaysia, there were just a couple of moments when the three of them were on screen. When it, I don't know, it just seemed like the, there was something odd between DC and Eddie Jordan. That DC is just, just, I think, a big clash of egos, isn't it? Uh, just... Yeah, it may be, and it may be. That, oh, well, and also, although they've both been in front of cameras plenty, neither of them have had that kind of role of being yeah. part of a presenting team. So Can that, I just... That's... Wrap things up with with uh, it's almost like a confession. I I was about to lead. I know what you're going to say. You're you going to talk about right, you're so going to talk about ex presenters of ex commentator oh. um, James Allen, who I didn't like. I never liked him. Uh, I see, think I've sort for, of yeah. yeah documented this on Sniff Petrol. I think I've alluded to it on the show. And I had an email from someone this week to Sniff Petrol accusing me of bullying him out of a job. <laughs> 
by someone who was clearly deranged because they emailed twice from different email addresses and tried to pretend it was different people. Oh, really? It was really weird. <laughs> but you recognised the IP address. Yes. Yeah, I did, because I get a list of the IP address and it was the same person. And I emailed them back and went, James, is that you? And then they oh. called me a rude word that I can't say. But and they, Anyway. Um, so uh, I, I don't like James Allen particularly. I didn't like his commentary. Now, James Allen has a blog. And it's not a commercial thing. It's something he seems to have done off his own bat. It's, I can't remember the address. I would freely publicise it. because, it, And this is the hardest thing for me to say because I didn't like the bloke. I didn't like his commentary. I thought he was very, very tedious. I didn't like his voice. <laughs> I found it annoying. He's writing this blog. It's very insightful and interesting. It is good. I, no, I can I, say that yeah, hand on heart. I, and if I knew the address, I would publicise it, it because fair it's play good. to the bloke. And I didn't like him. And, and you know, I, I went to the trouble of having T-shirts made, hounding him out of F1. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying this... For any other reason except that when but someone's done, genuinely done something well, then respect well, so, him. I think, I, I, he's not all bad. He's um, a good writer. He's a good journalist. I don't think he's a particularly good commentator. And that, right. that's what it is. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm glad he's there, gone for one reason and yeah. one reason alone. He's not as easily impersonated as Jonathan Ledyard. Jonathan Ledyard, who's slightly posh and very <laughs> enthusiastic about Formula One. Here, Martin. Did he? He Ledyard. did. He did. I, 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 I'm quite. I, so far, I think uh, Ledyard's doing all right, and I. And, yeah, uh, look, right. I think he's only going to get better. And he's also yeah. letting Brundle talk a lot more, don't you yeah. think? He's, yeah. Brundle's doing yeah. a lot yeah. more of the work, yeah. uh, which is great because you always like to hear from Brundle, even though he always says because in a funny way. Have you noticed? Because. Because. It's really weird. Because, it's, a East, it's, it's an East, East thing. Yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. And, and I've learned something from Ledyard. It's not Fernando Alonso. Of course it isn't. It's so obvious now. He says it's Fernando Alonso. Because in Spanish, yeah. if you want a sir, it's a C mm. with an accent under it. Mm-hmm. Alonso. If you want Alonso, it's, it's Fernando Alonso. So I've corrected mm. myself. I love Fair stuff play. like that. Well, he's doing, he's doing all right. He's doing, he's doing fa- uh, a fairly good job, I think, so far. Um, but uh, he did do a fantastic Alan Partridge moment during the Malaysian race because there was a, a replay of... Uh, oh, he said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off and he went, oh, he's gone off again! Uh, that's a replay. Yeah, which I was almost, but then for that brief moment, I was suddenly taken back to uh, Murray Walker and James Hunt. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah, and a cool voice of reason correcting this slightly yeah. overexcitable yeah. one. Yeah. And, and I thought, no, okay, Murray, this great. is promising. This could go places. This <laughs> slightly strange relationship. It's, it's good. Anyway, I suppose what we're really saying is F1 so far has been bloody fantastic. Oh, and it's all very exciting, brilliant. and we love every single bit of it. And I'll leave you with two things. First of all, a bit of a bombshell. Did you know that what's his name, Dave Ryan from McLaren? Mm-hmm. Left McLaren today. He parted oh. company. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hot news. It's oh. gone. It's gone. So uh, we'll see how that plays out now. And the other bit of info is that you really should go to the GarethJones.tv website and go to the on-speed pages. If you go to the page that is allied to this particular episode, which I think is called 87, I've lost track, you'll find a link to a genius bit of flash animation, which I... <laughs> didn't do oh, this I'm, is superb yeah, yeah. yeah we were, absolutely brilliant thank you Ewan Smith from Dundee who sent me this which is called Max's Regulation Juggling that's all you need to know just come and see it and you'll probably laugh your wheels off your hubs like I did you've been listening to Gareth Jones on speed he was Zog goodbye he was Richard Porter goodbye and I was Gareth Jones see you in about 11 or 12 days for the next one boom shakalak <laughs> Get more info on this show at garethjones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbang.